right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Inside Inter Miami, the Miami Herald show on all things Inter Miami. I'm your host, Andre Fernandez, deputy sports editor at the Herald, joined once again by our Inter Miami sports writer, Michelle Kaufman. And we are on the heels of that disappointing loss for Inter Miami last night in the U.S. Open final. Well, U.S. Open final. A very hyped up game. Everybody wanted to see if, if Inter Miami could keep their dream of a treble alive, hoist another trophy, maybe. Hopefully, Lionel Messi get the nice shot of him holding that trophy. Unfortunately, it was not to be. Lionel Messi not in shape to play yet, couldn't return to the pitch. Neither could Jordi Alba, who's still dealing with a with a leg muscle injury. The fans camped out there in the rain, everything, waiting to see him. And they showed up. He showed up. He was in the field level seats there watching the match, just like everybody else, though. Disappointing. And really a 2-1 loss for Inter-Miami that was not as close as the score indicated. I mean, Houston outshot them 18-1. to I mean, that's staggering, the way that they just dominated this game. And, you know, Michelle, take us through it. Unfortunately, you know, what went wrong? Yeah, well, it was 18-1 in the first half. (laughs) (laughs) They outshot them 18-1 in the first half. Um, uh, It was was bad from the start. I mean, first of all, it was very deflating, um, I believe, for – for the fans, but also for the for the players that that Lionel Messi did not come out with the team. You know, I think there was the hope that he was going to be able to return to the to the team this this game after missing the Orlando game. Um, you know, there was a lot of hope that he was going to be able to uh, you know to play, and Tata Martino kind of kept it kept everybody guessing for the last several days. You know, saying, "Well, he may, he may not." Jordy looks. You know, Jordi Alba looks more doubtful, but with Messi, it's going to be a game day decision. And I think everyone just assumed, well, you know, he's waiting for the game day to to decide that he's going to play because Leo Messi loves to play, especially in a final. Um, you know, I think someone put somewhere on Twitter that he hadn't he had not missed a final since 2006 or something. This is a guy who loves to play, and especially a game that matters. Um, and so. When the team finally, when the team bus showed up and the players started filing out of the bus one by one and all the media was gathered around and fans were hanging over the tunnel to see if he was there and he wasn't, he was not even there. He did not show up with the team. The team arrived at the stadium without him uh, and then he showed up later. He and Jordi Alba showed up just before kickoff in street clothes, you know, went to the suites to watch with their families um, and, you know, with other celebrities like Zinedine Zidane, who was there, which was very exciting, but obviously he was, he was there to see Messi, let's be honest. Um, And so when, you know, the fans were disappointed, obviously it's kind of like a wah-wah moment, you know what I mean? Like, you know, he's not playing. Um, And, you know, that has to carry over to the players that has to carry over to the team that they're wondering, 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 just like everybody else. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? You know, he didn't announce the starting lineup till the very last minute, I guess, with the hopes that that Messi was going to be able to play and then he doesn't play. So that takes sort of takes the wind out of the sails. You know, I wrote that in my story. It takes some of the wind out of the sails of the inter Miami team. And they looked that way when they came out, they looked a little bit flat. They looked a little bit, less interested than they should have looked for a cup final that was at home. You know, the Houston Dynamo, meanwhile, they had every reason to be motivated. No one even was talking about them. No one even, you know, most people were only talking outside of Houston. Most people were only talking about Inter-Miami. 
and messy and are they going to get another trophy and are they going to get the treble and are they going to do this meanwhile nobody was talking about houston nobody cared about the dynamo nobody was talking about them and they used that to their advantage their coach ben olson said you know this was a huge game for us we took this very seriously we poured so much into it and you could tell from the start of the game i mean they were super energetic they were out running into miami they were out sprinting them on every transition you know they they were they were controlling the game and they almost scored twice in the 22nd minute drake calendar made a pair of unbelievable saves back to back diving for one like a wide receiver almost and then you know jumping up in the air i'm saying for the wide receiver shot and then uh and then diving on the ground to get the rebound so you know drake calendar saved them from from going down right at the beginning of the game and uh but they were just never they were just never really in it yeah our, our friend uh ray hudson i think said he uh, brought the tentacles out and uh stopped the shot like an octopus type of thing i mean calendar continues yes. to have a great great season and goal for sure, but yes, the fifth champ, the, the uh, first championship in five years, second overall U.S. Open Cup championship for Houston. Yeah, it turned into kind of like a like a Ted Lasso episode last night. Remember when Zava disappears on them, and they're like, "What do we do now?" Like, you know, they're kind of lost without him, and you know, it was kind of one of those things. But they but... shouldn't have been. They really shouldn't have been. I mean, because they yeah. they had beaten, you know, they had played against New York City FC. Uh, Sixty minutes, they were ahead without him. I mean, he was there. He was on the bench, and so that was a little different from not being there at all, from right. being in street clothes, watching in street clothes. It's a little different. Uh, but, you know, they had played 60 minutes without him in New York. They beat Kansas City without him in the stadium at all when he mm. was with the Argentina team. And then, you know, with Orlando, they didn't win, but they did at least tie, you know. Right. Uh, so they, they really – put in their poorest performance in that game, my opinion, since he arrived, you know, they, they just played, they were disjointed. They just were, uh, you know, they were slower. They were disjointed. Tata said afterward that what he saw when he was asked, what were they missing? He said, they looked tired to him. He said, they looked spent. They looked exhausted because they've played, you know, 16 games in 64 days which is, you know, basically a game every four days. It's a it's a tough pace to keep up. And he said that a lot of these games are decisive games. They were games that were for, for cups. They were there, you know, every game is they have to win this game to, to stay in the playoff race. They have to win this game to stay alive in the U.S. Open mm -hmm. Cup. They have to win this game to stay open in the League's Cup. So they were all games that were really decisive games. And, you know, they, he said that he felt it took a lot out of them physically and mentally. He felt that in the game last night, he said he saw a team that was physically and mentally exhausted. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, remember what we talked about that a few weeks ago, that the, how, how is the grind going to get to this team? Because it's basically like they've been in playoff mode for weeks. First with the League's Cup, they have no barely any margin for error in, in MLS play itself as they continue to try and climb these standings. And now, here come two more games. They play, you know, this weekend at Saturday against New York City FC, and then another game next week on Wednesday. And again, we're down to what is it? Five matches left. They're all critical. They're only five points back. So it, that grind. You wonder if it is maybe getting to them. That's a, that's a little concern. But but Michelle, what's the concern level? I guess with Messi because Tata said he will be. He says at least that he will be back before league plays over. But when's that going to be? 
Yeah, that's the big question. That's the million dollar. Well, that's the two point five billion dollar right. Apple question Correct. of the week. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot riding. There's a lot riding on on Leo Messi with this team and with all the sponsors and with Apple and with everything else that went into his signing. Um, Tata assured us last night. That was my first question to open the press conference. What happened with him? Is this is the injury more serious than we expected? And is he going to play with five games remaining? Are we going to see him again? That's the mm -hmm. question that everybody has right now. Are we going to see Leo Messi again? He said, yes, absolutely. Basically, he said, surely he is going to play before the league season is over. But it's going to be a match by match decision. That's going to be based on their conversations with the team doctors. And once the medical staff clears him and says that he can play without any risk, he will play. But Tata seems sure that he's going to play before the end of the season. Now, obviously, you know, they want to leave people guessing. They also want to sell tickets. I'm not saying anything, you know, I'm not suggesting that Tata's lying or saying anything to make people buy tickets. But, you know, they do want people to, you know, to, to still have hope that Messi's going to play. And and Tata did feel that he is going to play. Um, it's just going to be a matter of when. Will he play this Saturday against NYCFC? This is the team that holds the ninth place spot. The final playoff spot right now is held by NYCFC, and Miami plays them on Saturday. Miami is five points back. So uh, four out of the remaining five games, by the way, are against teams that are between them and the playoff line. So these are critical games. Only Cincinnati is the only team they play that's already cleared into the playoffs that's way ahead of them. But the other four teams that they play, they play Charlotte twice at the end of the season, and they play Chicago next Wednesday, and they play NYCFC this Saturday. So they have five games remaining. Four of those games are against teams that sit between them and the playoffs. So they are, again, once again, and a do or die, very critical stage. And everybody wants to see Messi play in these games. And but we don't know for sure. Will he right. play against New York City or will he not? Will he play against Chicago? We're gonna have to wait and see. Yeah. And Jordi Alba too, because I mean that even that injury, they've been a little more forthcoming with his injury as far as what it is, but I wonder if that is a hint that it's a little more serious. Maybe, you know, again, another and, and again, that schedule that you just mentioned Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, every time two games in a week. So, again, that brutal stretch where just in terms of the, the logistics of it, just the grind of having to play every few days, that's that's not going away. So if they are going to survive this, it's going to have to be through that grind of, of playing. So, you know, suddenly so fast one match after the other. So we'll see how they handle it. But uh, we have. A treat for you soccer fans this week uh, on our show. A very special guest to this uh, program, probably the biggest guest for sure that we've had so far. He's, if, uh, I'm sure a lot of people would say he's on the Mount Rushmore of U.S. men's soccer. Uh, U.S. soccer legend Alexi Lalas, host of uh, uh, host on Fox Sports. You see him all the time on the pregame shows and uh, on the panels uh, talking U.S. soccer and, and calling all sorts of matches. He was nice enough to join us on the show this week. Michelle and I got a chance to talk to him about all things Lionel Messi, all things Inter Miami, and this amazing run that they've been on. Here's our chat with Alexi Lawless. First of all, welcome, Alexi, to Inside Inter Miami. Um, 
we talk everything messy and enter Miami here. And there's been so much, so much to talk about. Uh, and I wanted to ask him, and you know, we go back a long way. You've been around uh, almost as long as I have, but you know, World Cups, 94, 98, U.S. soccer, MLS forever as a player, then as an executive. And I'm just wondering if you could discuss Lionel Messi's addition to this league. You know, uh, can you just talk about the impact that he has had on this club and on the league, just on and off the field? I know that's a big loaded question, but I think you can handle it. Oh, yeah, I can handle it. Uh, first off, thank you for having me. Uh, this is wonderful. Welcome to the world of podcasting. You're nobody if you don't have a podcast in 2023, <laughs> regardless of where you're from or how old you are or anything like that. So uh, this is this is cool. And I think it actually you know, speaks to the impact of what Messi has brought to not just the team, not just the league, uh, not just the sport, but I think to the culture. In the, you know, we were talking off, off camera a little bit about how there is this uh, economy and industry that surrounds someone like Taylor Swift in that whatever city she comes to, everybody kind of benefits. And the same effect has happening with Messi in that everybody around either the stadium, the game, um, or just the, the culture has benefited from this. And that, you know, that speaks to the power of this individual and what he can do. And whether it's, you know, uh, an Instagram post about a pizza place, uh, whether <laughs> it's selling jerseys, whether it is maybe even more importantly and maybe more long term, the impact of credibility of having arguably the best player ever to play the game coming to Major League Soccer and coming to Inter Miami and how you can use that and harness that now and in the future going forward. I mean, it's just it's been incredible to see what has happened on the field and obviously off the field, all these different things. So I, I don't think it could have gone any better for Inter Miami in terms of the impact that he has made or uh, any better when it comes to what Major League Soccer has done and what, what they want to do going forward. I want to ask just a follow-up on that. Uh, can you just talk about how he's, do you think he's elevated the play of the players around him and, and the players that are playing against him now when you have a guy like that on the field plus the other two that he brought along? Yeah, I mean, I think that playing, if you were to play against Messi, I think that there's something in every athlete that would say, all right, I need to bring it that much more. And I, and this is nothing that Messi hasn't dealt with his entire career. And yet what's remarkable about him is his ability to continue to raise it to another level, whether it's at the international or the club level. Um, when it comes to his own team, I mean, look, let's be honest. This team sucked. All right. At the beginning of the year, this wasn't about thinking about playoffs or anything. This was this could be a historically bad team. And it is, I mean, his arrival has fundamentally changed the way this team plays. Um, obviously, the results that they've gotten. And yes, there have been other additions that are important. But I also think that it's this is the mark of a true great player. This is the mark of a true star in that everybody around him plays better. And we look at players that were there as part of that failure at the beginning of the year. And now we see them in a very different light. And, you know, that that speaks to his power. That speaks to his motivational skills. And I don't think this is something that he consciously does. It's just, you know, you're walking out there on the field with the goat. 
for many people. Mm -hmm. And you want to make sure that you live up to that and bring your best. And you don't want to embarrass yourself if you're on, on his team in terms of the things that you're doing. And if you're playing against him, you don't want to get embarrassed by him. Well, I wanted to ask you, because a lot of fans have said this from the beginning, the, the immediate success he had, how drastically better he looked um, on the field. Just, do you feel like that's a testament to how good he is or an indication that maybe the competition in MLS isn't quite at the level of the top European leagues yet? Because that's something that's a debate people have seen, like how he comes in and immediately just kind of blew away the competition. Which side do you think that kind of falls into? Yeah, I'm, I never fail to be amazed at how insecure uh, the American soccer community can be. And look, I raise my hand. I'm part of it, too. And, you know, this inferiority complex that is something that we've had for a long time. And so in this case, it can't be that arguably the greatest player ever to play the game, who's only months off of winning a World Cup, by the way, and has broken ankles his entire career when he's playing against players in every league and in every uh, team and situation that he has been in. It can't possibly be that he's really that good. It has to be something that we have done. It has to be a frailty or a problem that MLS has relative uh, to its play to its level and all that kind of stuff. No, it's all, that's all a bunch of BS. Okay. Is MLS a different league? Actually, it is so different that this is the most unique experience that Messi has had in his life in that for the first time, we are actually seeing him play in an environment where there is manufactured parody that has not existed in any of the other leagues that he has played in any of the situations that he's played. So you could actually argue that this only proves how great he is in that in this moment, with this manufactured parody in Inter at Inter-Miami, he is still able to shine. And so that's the way that I look at it. But I, I get why people want to find reason for this. And oftentimes that reason is, no, no not, you know, not underneath, very out front. It's that, well, it must be something that we have done or not done as a soccer playing nation or as a team or as a league in MLS. Nasca, you know, right now at this point of the season, um, Leo Messi and Jordi Alba are both having a, some fatigue, some little nagging injuries, having to take little breaks, you know, deciding when they're going to play and not play and all this. I want to ask about the debate of people are paying huge amounts of money to buy tickets and have already bought tickets for games that are upcoming all the way through the end of the season. Is there any obligation that Leo Messi has to the fans to go out and play uh, for these, and you know, for, for Apple, you know, for Apple, for the sponsors, for Adidas, for all of these fans that are paying exorbitant amounts of money because they want to see the GOAT in person. Is there any obligation on him or on Tata Martino or the team to put him out there on display? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I believe in buyer beware. All right. In, in general, and certainly when it applies to sports. However, I do think that's a little disingenuous from either Don Garber and MLS, um, all the other teams, and to a certain extent, enter Miami to sell not just this team, but sell this sport and this league through Messi. And from the moment that he signed, that is what has been done. And look, don't get me wrong. I did the exact same thing when I was at the Galaxy and we signed David Beckham. But there, I think there also has to be a recognition and an understanding of what you are selling and how you are selling it. And I think that's where 
I, I differ a little bit in thinking about how this how this is uh, this has happened. And I do think that whether it's inter Miami uh, or whether it's the league as a whole or whether it's these other teams, there does have to be an honesty. And I get it. This is competition. And we both and all of us have been involved in sports for a while. And sometimes the players play and sometimes uh, sometimes they don't. But Messi is so special and so vastly different and out of the same orbit as any other player uh, that this league has ever seen. And that is reflected in the amount of tickets that are sold, the amount of merchandise that is being sold, the amount, uh, the actual pricing of these tickets and the exorbitant fees that they are paying. And from a messy perspective, you're damn right. He's got a responsibility. He signed the deal. He signed this massive, massive deal. And look, I know that at times, not at times, he is not a David Beckham-esque type of personality. And obviously he doesn't speak, uh, speak English. So th- it's going to be a little bit different. But I think that he has an absolute responsibility and obligation from the moment that he signed this deal to be that ambassador, to be that pioneer, to have his face out there, to be doing everything that he possibly can to promote not just Inter-Miami, but the league. And if that's not the case, fine. But that needs to be very, very clear to everybody ahead of time. If he's not going to play on turf, and by the way, nobody has said that that is the case. But if you were to say, you know what, it's just not right for him to play on turf, fine. But that needs to be very honestly explained to everybody so that when you are selling it, yes, it's buyer beware, but you still need to be armed with some of the basic facts relative to this player so that a kid on his birthday who got tickets bought by his parents to go see Messi in Atlanta or someplace else, there is an understanding beforehand that this is not a sure thing. And and, and not in the general standard type of way that we talk about players, because I do think that Messi is a different and a unique type of situation that requires much more sensitivity when it goes about how you are going to sell him. Yeah, let me follow up on that. Um, you were there when Beckham, you know, David Beckham came out and he was doing all the press conferences and, you know, doing all of the promotional stuff. He did view himself as an ambassador for the league and talked a lot about wanting to grow the league and everything. Little Messi, well, he's only spoken to us once, but in the one time that he did speak to us, um, you know, he was asked about, he he basically is like, he's here because this is where he's choosing to play soccer because he loves Miami and he was interested in coming to Miami and playing in this league. And he, he didn't really, um, he doesn't seem to be carrying that, same message that David Beckham was that he's here to promote American soccer, that he's here to promote this league around the world. He's here because this is where he's chosen for the next step of his career is going to be here. Um, I just want to ask you, what are the differences with him and David Beckham? And, you know, he does have a cult following that's even beyond. I thought David Beckham Mm -hmm. had a cult following, but I've never in 35 years seen anything like what's happened with Messi when you go to a stadium on the as the visiting team and in New York for example I would say three quarters of the stadium were chanting from the opening whistle we want Messi we want Messi (laughs) they were selling Messi jerseys on the platform of the subway station in Harrison New Jersey you know so it's just very different to me even from David Beckham who obviously is a huge star and you know 
sex symbol and fashion icon and everything else. But there's something about Messi that's just so unique. So, you know, how, how would you deal with that? If you're one of the executives who has to deal with him and he's just saying, you know, I'm here to play soccer. I'm not here to, you know, as Mr. MLS promoter, you know, what, what would you do? I'd say tough. All right. Uh, I'd say if it's good enough for Pele, all right, then uh, you should do it too. And Pele did it. And I know it was a very, very different time. But MLS, while it has grown by leaps and bounds, and it is certainly a very different league than back in 1996, it was built upon an understanding that your responsibility goes well beyond what you do on the field. And, you know, I know that he is going to, I'm talking about Messi here, is going to do wonderful things. And like we said, is making money for a lot of people out there and is generating all sorts of interest that has not been there in the past. But, you know, the fact that he's only spoken to you once or something like that, I, I, I get it that he's not the big personality that David Beckham was um, or Zlatan Ibrahimovic or, or and, and maybe he doesn't feel <clears throat> necessarily comfortable. Again, tough. That's, uh, and, and when I say tough it's that you know what you're, you're right when David Beckham came to MLS I think he embraced the fact that this was part of his responsibility was the off-field promotion and he did absolutely I mean I remember the first day when we announced him he did absolutely every single interview uh didn't matter what language didn't matter where it was and there were hundreds from all over the world that were there and he never it never turned one down when we started playing games if people remember back then he was actually injured at the beginning but we knew that people wanted to see him we didn't take him to dallas once and he actually publicly came out and apologized to the people of dallas who were hoping to see him when we went to toronto we actually took him if nothing else to be there and to be part of the team and, and literally just to wave at different times and I don't think that that is unfair, even in 2023, to put that responsibility on Messi, given what he is being paid and who he is. It's going to be different. I get it. You're, 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 a, you're a very different person, Messi, than others. But I don't think that that is above and beyond. I don't think that is beyond the pale in terms of asking him or any player out there to do it. And from a contractual standpoint... You know, he has to adhere to the CBA that was signed, negotiated, and agreed to by all the players, including Messi. He's not separate and apart from that. Standard player agreement, all those different things. And there is promotion and marketing and appearances that is talked about throughout those uh, contracts. So, yes, he is special. But I do believe that if you are going to be given all that he has been given, and, and rightfully so and fairly so, nobody in this world deserves it more than him. <laughs> But with that comes responsibility. And to just say, no, that's not what I feel I'm, uh, my responsibility is. I think you're letting I think you're letting the league down. And I ultimately, even from a contractual standpoint, I don't think that you're living up to your contract. On that note, I mean, do you feel like other big names will follow seeing seeing what Messi has done? I mean, or is it just a unique situation that he wanted to play with Busquets and Alba? Or, I mean, is this the floodgates now? And now a bunch of superstars can can say, oh, I want to go and. Be, make a name in MLS too, or or not make a name, but like be part of MLS is what I mean. I mean, I, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I think that hits it on the head in terms of what the ultimate benef benefit and value of having Messi come uh, and still kick an ass, and obviously right off the back of a World Cup. And keep in mind, he's still playing with the national team, so we could get him next summer in the Copa America. And mm -hmm. fingers crossed, knock on wood, defending his World Cup in his backyard in the United States in the World Cup in 2026. That you know that would be wonderful. But I think 
in in the short term and the long term right now, you are going to see a, a, a credibility be attached to MLS that hasn't been attached in the past. Let's be honest. Uh, you know, when the um, when the migration happened from Italy to England, all right, it's not because England has great food or weather, all right? It was because of money, and that's why players have gone there, and they were really, really smart, and they created the most popular league in the world in the EPL. That migration can happen again, and the advantage that the United States and Canada has is that people want to come to America. People want to come to North America to live for themselves and their family. But in the past, maybe they've thought, you know, this is going to – this is going to hurt my uh, reputation when it comes to the national team. This is going to hurt my brand because I know players, a lot. they think about their brand. This is going to hurt my brand in terms of credibility because I'm not playing in the quote-unquote best and biggest leagues in the world. But I hope what, what this says is a signal to others that, you know what, if Messi can do it, then I certainly can do it. And if Messi continues to play with the national team and to be the great player that he is, that's a wonderful message to send out there and kind of a, a beacon that makes it that much easier for players. It's not easy, but that much easier to sign players, international players that could come over, not just to enter Miami, by the way, but to all the teams. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. The fact that Busquets and Alba came with him too, you know, that that's it's three players now. We're talking about three of the best players of their generation have chosen to play in Major League Soccer, and, and they, they are being showcased at all of these MLS stadiums around the country. And so if it's good enough for Messi, Boosie, and Jordy, then, you know, maybe it's be getting good enough for these other players, not only in Europe, but also some of the rising stars in South America who immediately were already looking to Europe as their first choice. And now maybe they're going to consider MLS as a first choice when they're coming out of Argentina or Peru or Colombia or Brazil. Um, I want to ask you, speaking about Argentina, uh, Tata Martino, can you just talk about, uh, you know, some people would think, oh, well, you know, I could coach this team. You know, if you got Lionel Messi and Busquets and Alba, I could go out there, Michelle Kaufman, and I could, you know, coach this team. But we all know that that's not true. Um, so what role has Tata played in the success in this turnaround this summer, we're talking about a span of 10 weeks. He's been with this team for exactly 10 weeks and they've lost one game out of 13. Um, you know, it's not just that he has Leo Messi on the team. I don't think, um, can you just talk about what has he done? Why has he been able to have the success that he's had, how he's been able to blend these superstar players with teenagers, literal teenagers are on the field with, with, you know, World Cup stars, how has he been able to do that? And can you just talk about his his success as a coach? Yeah, so I think there's a couple of things. Number one, uh, there probably should be a, you know, a Christmas card from Miami up to Atlanta because the experience that Tata had in, Miami, in, in Atlanta, I really think helped shape and inform the way he is doing his job right now in Inter-Miami. And I say that because... I think that he gained an appreciation and a respect that that maybe wasn't there as to what this league is and what this league isn't, both on and off the field. And so he came back to it with that understanding and that level of respect. But then he also brought a, a, an obvious relationship and an understanding of the dynamic that puts Messi in the best position, but also how... You know, and this is this is hard to work through. I mean, I, I talk about when when David Beckham first got into the galaxy, it was a hurricane and we had to work through a lot of things. There was collateral damage. Um, we weren't prepared 
because we just didn't have any history uh, with how to handle somebody that big. And as I said, you know, people got fired. I got fired. Coaches got fired. But I think Tata came in and recognized that, yes, Messi is important, but I have to treat him in a certain way, but everybody else has to understand how he can make your life and career better. And I have to, you know, no, in any team, not everybody is equal. All right. Um, but you have to have a leader that understands what buttons to press. And I think Tata very, 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 very quickly understood what buttons to press when it came to everybody from Messi on down to people that were off the field working for the team. And from the outside, again, it's from the outside, it it's just gone incredibly well. But, you know, Tata, Mar Tata Martino, I, I think, is a, a really smart person. I think he's a smart manager. I think he recognizes and kind of sees around the corner of where this is going and attaching himself at this moment to Inter Miami, um, I think was, you know, like I said, very smart on his part. And so far, so, so good. But I think he'd be the first person to tell you that this is some rarefied air. And I'm not sure they planned <laughs> that it was going to go, that it was going to go this well. And he will be also the first person to tell you that it's only going to get harder when they turn that corner and start, I guess, their first real year together next year. And, and maybe that's the fair part of how to judge this. So this year is, it's not a gimme and it's not, it's not without important things to look at, but we're not going to really know ultimately what this looks like until next year when everybody understands that, all right, this is a very different inter-Miami proposition that we're coming up against. And in this league, as you guys know, People adjust very, very quickly. And Tata Martino, more than anybody, will understand that it's only going to get harder going forward. But he's in a really good place right now. And, and Miami is very, very lucky, uh, very, very lucky to have him. Well, let me ask you, because they're they're about to play for the U.S. Open Cup title. But then also, do you think they they can actually pull this off in terms of getting sneaking into the play-in round in, in the MLS? I mean, five points behind right now, I believe. And yeah. pretty much no more. I mean, they're dealing with availability issues on Messi, you know, right now. When is it? If you, you know, when is he going to come back? When's Jordy going to come back? I mean, it's like the playoffs started for them already that, with the way they just have no margin for error. But can they pull this off? Yeah, I mean, what's been interesting is that when they haven't had Messi, where you expected kind of a revert to the mean type of thing, you know, they they Messi's power has even <laughs> worked when he's not there, which is which is awesome. And I think it just it's about confidence, right? This team is playing with confidence and others have stepped up. And as you mentioned, let's see. Uh, yeah. Five points behind D.C. for that last spot. But they also have some games in hand. So but right. there is no margin for for error going forward. And, you know, we've started to see Messi with some some injuries here or there. So it will be interesting as to what Tata Martino wants to do and the priorities. I know he's talked about Open Cup. And yes, you can look at, uh, at making the uh, playoffs, which would be phenomenal uh, for MLS and for, uh, and for Inter-Miami. But I mean, look, if at the end of the day, they, you know, they won League's, uh, League's Cup, uh, so there's a trophy. And and that was wonderful. I was over in Australia, by the way, watching that. It was just it's just incredible to see that, and just to see every all the hype and it live up to the hype and all that kind of stuff. MLS could not have scripted it better. Now you go to a final in the Lamar Hunt Open Cup, and by the way, that that uh, qualifies you for whatever we're calling it now, Champions League or whatever it is. For, but anyway, <laughs> playing internationally that's a that's a good thing too, and it's another opportunity for a money shot with the confetti coming down and the music happening and Messi holding up a trophy. 
and then if you were to get into the playoffs. Now, if you don't get into the playoffs and you do those other two things, it's still a resounding success. And to be quite honest, no matter what, I think that this is gravy right now, considering what they what they have done. But man, oh man, if they were to get into the playoffs, now you're cooking because they play that, what uh, I guess, the play-in game, and then you potentially have the two out of three, so at least another couple of games. So all sorts of wonderful things happening. I want to ask one last thing before we let you go. The ownership group here, especially Jorge Mas, uh, you know, he's ruffled some feathers in MLS, uh, you know, boardrooms or whatever. He's very outspoken and he's, you know, he's a big dreamer. I mean, the fact that he pulled this off, I, I still, you know, I still can't believe it myself because he's been promising this, that this was going to happen for a long time. And this year he kept telling you, Michelle, get ready. It's going to be an epic summer. He kept, he, he, it became our little inside joke. Every time I would see him, he would just point to me and he would say, epic, epic, mark the words, epic. And uh, anyway, and I just, just roll my eyes like, okay, Jorge, yes. You know, I know that that's what you want. You want to will that to happen. And then, and then it happened, you know, and, uh, but he's been pushing the league owners to loosen things up a little bit as far as the rules go to, to allow owners, you know, the ability to just go out there and start buying, you know, spending more money basically on players, loosening some of the rules, making it a little bit less restricted, a little less complicated. The MLS rules are so hard for anybody to understand. Uh, how do you feel? Do you think that, will the league and Don Garber, do you think they're going to go for that? Do you think that this will change? Uh, is this going to change the league as the way the owners approach the league? Do you think that this will change anything going forward starting next year? Well, look, I'm, I'm, you know, I was playing, you know, back in the 1900s and back in the previous century. And I, <laughs> I think back to what MLS was. And as the saying goes, you've come a long way, baby. And it's been incredible, the growth both on and off the field. You know, I, it, it, it's, it's interesting because you think back now, what, 20 years ago, you know, the uh, the Miami Fusion right there at Lockhart and yeah. what that once was. By the way, I think they're celebrating their anniversary coming up here. So congratulations. They are. And yeah, we have. A, mm -hmm. Yes, there's yeah. going to be a little uh, party. Yes, yeah, so that's that's uh, that's cool. And that is part of the history there. But this is a whole nother level. And I love what they are doing. And, yeah, sometimes you have to be big and bold and or, hey, or anybody else will tell you that sometimes you have to you know, fake it till you make it. And you have to, you know, believe. And look, I worked for Tim Laiwiki for, for many years and he was wonderful at saying, you know what, we're going to go to the top of that mountain. He'd look at a bunch of mountains and say, we're going to go to the top of that mountain. And whether it was Beckham or, or anything else, but then he, everybody else kind of needed to get us there. So he wasn't about how we got there. It was just, this is where we're going. And you need people in the organization. And by the way, uh, you know, speaking of people in the organization, Doug Hamilton, the late, great Doug Hamilton, who was part of uh, Miami Fusion, and now Chris Henderson. There's this kind of tree of people that have been around and seen this league grow. But as, as, as far as it has come and the fact that it's not just survived, but in many cases thrived, it can still be so much more. And I love the fact that, that Inter-Miami is doing big, bold things on the field with Messi and by the way the pink which I absolutely adore and I'm so glad that they're leaning into it my son wears uh, out here in California wears an inter Miami jersey to school just because of you know the cool collar and the pink and all that stuff so from a brand perspective I know exactly who is playing when the TV comes on so it's it's awesome to continue to lean into that the new stadium coming but more importantly 
if this can be a catalyst to drive some change, what are we talking about? Well, less restrictions, a much more clarity when it comes to what the rules are. And, and look, I get it. There's, there's many OG owners out there that will say the reason why we're even going into 30 years of, of MLS is because of the tried and tested type of structure and the approach that they have taken. That's all fine and well, but there's the, you know, the nouveau riche, if you will, when it comes to the ownership. And I'd love to be a fly on the wall of these owner, owner meetings. They kind of oh, want to yeah. do more. And if there ever was a point in American soccer history to do big, bold things with what is coming here in a few years in 2026, like I said, Copa America next summer, 2026 with the World Cup, the Women's World Cup possibly in 2027, all sorts of wonder, Club World Cup, all these different things coming. This is the moment to kind of say, you know what? These training wheels, they need to come off at a certain point. And yes, there will be problems, okay? And yes, yes, there will be challenges, but the good will far outweigh the bad. And if you do want to be relevant, if you do want to be seen as what Dom Garber would call a league of choice, then you have to do big, bold things. The messy thing is wonderful, but that can't be the last thing. And in order to do that, the owners have to get together and say, all right, go out there and do things that we haven't seen before and let the chips fall where they may. That's scary to some owners, but I think that's the path forward to really take MLS to a level that we've never seen before. Yeah, now's the time to make the big splash. I mean, with, right? a, with a guy like that playing in this league right now and and everything that you just said, all the tournaments coming up on a global stage, they're never going to get more visibility. Uh, and they haven't had this kind of visibility before, so seize it. Kind of. They need to listen to me more. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you so much, Alexi. We yes, knew thank that you. this was going to be a. We knew that you were just going to rock it. So, thank you so much. We really appreciate you. Have, you have great perspective because you've really been at all the, as a player, as an executive, and now in the media. You know, you've been at. You've seen it from all the different angles. So, I think you you do provide a very very unique perspective. Well, you know, I mean, look, everybody's involved here, and I know a lot of people that kick the ball get a lot of credit, but you know, everybody, whether it's you guys uh, or anybody else out there that's come along, this is, it's a labor of love, but it's still a labor, and, and it is kind of you know la cosa nostra, if you will, uh, and it is it is, <laughs> it is our thing, warts and all. And I know it's not perfect uh, when it comes to Major League Soccer, but. This is still the most successful professional soccer league uh, in North America in history. And it still has a long way to go. But whether it's, like I said, the messy signing or other things that could happen, I look forward to all of us, you know, continuing to push that boulder that's getting a little bit easier to push up that hill. But I hope more and more people come into the tent and what you guys are doing, uh, whether it's the coverage here or the you know podcast or all that kind of stuff. It warms the cockles of my redheaded American heart to see and hear <laughs> all of that. So best of luck and onward and upward. Thank Alexi, you. Tell, thanks so much, Alexi. Yeah, I know everybody can watch on Fox, but anywhere else you want to promote, anywhere that people can follow your work. Well, as we said, everybody's got a podcast. So my State of the Union podcast, uh, twice a week over there. You can check it out on all the different platforms. Uh, you can scream and yell at me on Twitter about soccer or anything <laughs> else in between, as people are wont to do. And, you know, we continue to do wonderful summers. We will be broadcasting both Copa America and the Euros next summer when it comes to uh, Fox. We continue to do MLS and uh, Euro qualifying and uh, leagues, Nation, Nations League and all that kind of stuff uh, all over the place. So if if there's people talking, if there's people kicking a ball whether it's men's women's or co-ed naked i'm usually around somewhere <laughs> awesome well we thank you very much alexi for joining us on inside inter miami hope it hope it's not the last time hope we can have you back at some point as well thanks thank you thanks alexi take care
All right. Well, we thank Alexi for joining us. It was a thrill to have him on. Always a fountain of information and always entertaining to talk to him, too. I know, Michelle, like we like like we said during the interview, you go way back with him and it was great to have him on the show. Definitely our biggest guest so far. Well, Ray Hudson, I would say there's a tie. I would say he and Ray are both. He and Ray are the two. The two yeah, Ray, big celebrities I don't want to shortchange so Ray. I'm sorry. Yeah. We're yeah, not going to shortchange Ray. 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 <laughs> They're both super entertaining. I mean, I love listening to both of them. I, I could talk I could talk to Ray Hudson. I could talk to Alexi Lawless for hours. And I know that Alexi, you know, some people disagree with him and he doesn't care. That's what I love about him. He yeah. is just going to say what he feels no matter what. He never holds back. He really has very strong opinions and always shares them, whether they're going to be popular or not. And And he was like that as a player, too, by the way. When he was always a go-to guy after the games because the reporters always wanted to talk to a player who's going to be honest after a loss in particular. And Alexi Lawless was always that guy. He was always the guy that the media could turn to, win or lose, and you knew that you were going to get a good quote. And we knew when Alexi agreed to be on our show that we were in for a great, great time and some great insight. And thank you again so much, Alexi, for joining us. Yeah, and you could tell always when uh, you know I've watched him for years on the on the broadcasts of different matches, and yeah, he's like whenever like whenever the U.S. is maybe having a bad match, like he doesn't hold back. He'll tell you this is why it's happening, and so on. So again, we'd love to have him on at some point. And uh, Ray Hudson again, I didn't, I didn't not not the short trade. We love the colorful commentary again. He was great last night on the broadcast. Like I was watching the game uh, against Houston, and he was tremendous as always. The way he described. Uh, I love the word magisterial that he uses sometimes when he describes <laughs> one of these goals like he did when Houston scored early on. Unfortunately, it was him doing that for a Houston goal, not an Inter-Miami goal. But let's see if Inter-Miami can get back on the scoreboard uh, early and often soon because, you know, time is running out. Like we talked about before, critical matches coming up. Michelle and I will be back next week with another episode of Inside Inter-Miami to recap uh, the two games, New York City FC of course, the first one coming up on Wednesday and then a trip to Chicago to face Chicago. Another crucial, crucial game as they continue to make that last minute climb, hopefully, to maybe sneak into that postseason, sneak into that play in round. But for now, uh, yeah, we just thank to clarify, everybody. The, yeah. New York, the New York game is Saturday, not Wednesday. New York, New York game is Saturday. The Chicago game is Wednesday. No, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, New York's New York Saturday at home and then the road trip to Chicago. But two critical games, no doubt. And uh so, but we thank you as always, everyone, for watching. You can, remember, you can find this at MiamiHerald.com, uh, both in this version and a podcast version on Spotify, iTunes, whatever podcatcher you like to use. And of course, catch it on YouTube. So, for Michelle Kaufman, I'm Andre Fernandez. We'll be back and see you next week on another episode of Inside Inter Miami.